Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day. So happy to be with you here today. We have, man, some real superstars in the studio today, and uh, I'm, we're definitely going to bring them in, bring them on. But before we do so, you know, I want to say that today is CEO Talks, you know, what we do every first Sunday of the month. And today we're going to be discussing dynamic partnerships and how to decide on the company that you keep. Uh, here in the studio, we have joining us uh, Mr. Todd Weiner, CEO of Clever Era. Of course, of course, I'm Kevin Y. Brown. And our two lady guests who we have, uh, they need no introduction but at the same time we're going to read their bio we're going to give them an introduction by that being said we have this young lady she is equal parts warm tea and hennessy hmm, that's a strong drink she's the author of the award-winning book eating elephants and the director of pr and creative marketing of soledad o'brien's powerful foundation she is the recipient of the Woman of Power Award presented by Bank of America and NABA NYC. She is the former strategic marketing director of Disney star Zendaya Coleman's fashion line. And she's transformed her life from a domestic violence victim to thriver. She specializes in brand identity, strategic marketing, public relations, and execution. A media personality and certified professional international speaker, her skilled, fun, and energetic speaking style has afforded her the opportunity to partner with and speak for a myriad of organizations from the entertainment stage to the corporate boardroom, including Progressive, UPS, BET, Miami Marlins, Grey Goose, Vogue Italia, Verizon, and others. She believes that beyond empowerment, it is necessary to properly equip all people to succeed. Beautiful people, we are talking about none other than Miss Alicia Reese. Alicia, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys? So happy to be here. So happy to have you. I'm sorry, Todd. I definitely introduced you and didn't give you the opportunity to say what's up to the Create Your Life family. That's right. And I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> okay. Uh, and last but definitely not least, uh, we have a dynamic season and no-nonsense personal and business coach and speaker. Her work of inspiring, educating, and motivating others provides her clients a radical approach to move beyond the ordinary and expected into the extraordinary. With the calling to show people how to define success for themselves and get the guts to go after it, she focuses on sharing practical, implementable strategies, tools, and processes to get you the results you want. As founder and CEO of the Radical Success Institute and the vice president of operations at Act Like a Success, Steve Harvey Company, she is driven by a singular vision to help people define success for themselves and have the guts to go after it. Through her work with Act Like a Success, live online courses, private coaching and mentoring and transformational live events, she teaches practical, implementable strategies, a lifelong learner. She is constantly 
engaging in continuing education courses and programs to stay on top of the latest research, trends, and information on success. She frequently interviews and talks with experts, thought leaders, and industry insiders in a variety of fields to glean relevant, timely, and practical insights to share with her clients and her community. We're talking about no other than Ms. Doreen Rady. Doreen, are you here with us? I am here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, we're so happy to have you. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like we got superheroes in the studio right now, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so super happy to have you all here. I want to jump right in because I I know we have a limited amount of time, but I think that this topic is so necessary and that you and Alicia both, man, y'all have some partnerships going on. I mean, Ty, we talk all the time. We got some Mm -hmm. partnerships going, but I I don't know if we quite made it to the big time like (laughs) Doreen and Alicia. So, you know, I'm going to jump right out there. As you know, CEO Talks is an open discussion uh, amongst us CEOs. Um, So I want to know. What has been your biggest partnerships, and how did you go about achieving them? So, Alicia or Doreen, please take us. Go ahead, Doreen. You get started. I want to hear. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I've had the opportunity over the 10-plus years that I've been in business to have some partnerships um, that went really well and produced some great wins. And then I've also had partnerships that didn't pan out the way I'd hoped that they would. And in both situations, I've learned some great lessons. Um, My latest partnership is working with Steve Harvey and his Act Like a Success platform. And two of the biggest lessons, I would say, just in seeking out partnerships um, and being able to build something from them, um, I just want to offer first two pieces of advice. Number one, make sure that you are in action. Whatever it is you want to partner with someone on, already be um, doing some things in that area. A lot of times I'll see people seeking out partnerships, wanting that partner to do all the heavy lifting, to come with all the resources, to come with all the contacts. And I always encourage people, what can you do right now from where you are to show people um, that you're bringing something to the table? And then the second thing I would offer is to build relationships. Um, Most of my partnerships have come through networking and connecting with others. And so those are two things I think are key in establishing some partnerships. So, Doreen, you said something that I thought was important. You said, you know, establishing those relationships. When, When first meeting somebody, what are some of your strategies to authentically establishing that relationship? So for me, I don't go in with an ask initially. If you understand that everyone is a human and on some basic level, you have something that you can connect with. I seek first to connect in that way because, yeah, you know you want the partnership, but people do business with people who they know, trust and like. In order to get to the liking piece, they've got to get to know you and trust you. So for me, if I'm first meeting someone in my mind, I pretty much have already decided, okay, what it is that I want. And just like what you said, Doreen, already in action, already doing it so that I can easily identify how it is I can be of assistance to them as well. Um, But I just will compliment them at first. And as soon as I compliment them, I ask them, so, you know, what brought you here? or What are you excited about? What new projects do you have? Um, Start to build the relationship from there. And then to maintain it is consistently, you know, checking on them, sending them things that, you know, are relevant to their industry, Um, going out for drinks, taking the time to go, you know, not just online where we're liking each other's pictures, but offline. A lot of people just want to send an email and expect to be able to get million dollar deals. And that's just not how it works. Mm, I like it. 
And just to, and just to piggyback on what um, Alicia just said, which is so key, the coming offline. I have crisscrossed this country to connect with people, to take a meeting, to attend an event, to go out for coffee. Um, And I mean literally get on a plane, fly, have coffee, (laughs) and literally fly back um, because that know, like, and trust factor is key. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll actually jump in and, and agree with both of you guys. Like, I, for me, it it really does. Like you said, you both said it. It really goes back to to the relationships, mm-hmm. right? It's if if I meet somebody and I think there's something that can be done, um, I don't. I try not to approach it from the business side at first because Absolutely. obviously that's that's the end result. That's the goal. I think for both parties, hopefully, is a mutual negotiation and some kind of contract or some kind of business partnership. But for me, uh, it is that no like and trust and. Uh, the way to do that is just to remove, at least mentally, the the idea of doing business first and say, can I hang out with this person? Is okay. this somebody, you know, it can, if I can't, if I don't feel like I could, you know, go, go grab a drink with you or go to a bar or go to dinner and just hang out and have something in common, then this relationship's probably not going to work. It's Absolutely. just not going to work because um, it does take time. It, and the best relationships that I've ever had, whether it's in business or partnerships or co-founder relationships, whatever it is, any contracts are people that to this day I still talk to. The, mm. To this day I still, um, you know, just ping on social media or see in person at, at, a, at an event. I haven't seen you in six months. We say, oh, how are you doing? How's the th- how are the kids? Yeah, that's great. Because it is building that relationship. It is building that network. And eventually, you don't have to be buddy-buddy, but at the same time, you know, you want to be at least friendly because these are people you're going to have to be working with in a very close relationship um, and you're dealing with money. And you're dealing with business and you're dealing with livelihoods. If you're employing people like this is a big deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So Alicia, specifically, when I read your bio, I ran off a a bunch of great and big companies. Tell us about one specific uh, company that you have a partnership with and how you went about, at least, you know, from the beginning, getting the relationship and absolutely growing. Um, So one of my first partnerships um, that was on my name alone, it wasn't with a company or under a corporation that I was working with, was with Verizon. And how I met them is the organizer of it for the agency that they had hired, um, they asked me would I be willing to do a favor for them because they had someone drop out at the last minute. During that's where you were talking about already being in action. I was mm-hmm. already hosting right. events, speaking for events. Um, and so I said, absolutely, I'd be more than happy to you know, assist and step in where someone had fallen out. So I stepped in, and in my thing is, is all I need to get is a toe in the door. If I can get a toe in the door, I'm going to go as hard. I'll give you 150% so that you know without a shadow of a doubt, having her on the project, having her in the room, is something we need to continue to do. So in that, what happened is, is once I volunteered, because it was volunteerism, and I literally had to fly, again, like you said, Doreen, I had to fly um, to Atlanta because I was in business on travel. I flew into Atlanta, did the project for them for free. I did so well, they called me back and offered me a 10-month contract after that. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Mm. Now, let's talk about ratio. Because I, I believe that we've all had the opportunity, you know, we go out and it's like, you know, I call that when somebody wants you to do something for you doing it on hope. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, hope doesn't pay the bills all the time. <laughs> no, it does not. So I think it's important for us to make it realistic, right? So let's say for that one that you got where you got the 10, 10 month contract, mm-hmm. how many free gigs did you have to do where something possibly didn't pan out? And Doreen, Todd, like, let's all talk about that part too, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say for me, so I'm... 
I'm a risk taker, but I take calculated risks. Mm-hmm. So I'm not willing to give a whole bunch of free stuff away if I know that there's no potential or possible opportunity that I can parlay that into a business deal. Mm-hmm. Um, most times, because I'm so good at building relationships, because just like you said, Todd, I don't go into it as, oh, how can we work together? For me, it's, can we go grab dinner together? Can we laugh? Right. Can we joke? Right. Can we be cordial? And beyond just cordial, can we be friendly enough that I'm willing to, you know, open up and be vulnerable with you and you're willing to open up and be vulnerable with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, free that have not panned out to anything, I'd say out of 10, maybe two, because I don't take risks that I know I have not already calculated of how many moves and steps ahead I can right, take to make right. this happen. Mm, like it. Doreen, tell right, us Right, and I think the other key to that, to add to what she said, was that you have to be clear mm-hmm. on what types of partnerships you're looking for mm-hmm. um, and be clear on... So what does that mean? And a lot of times I see people may hear a a big brand or a big name or a big company, Mm -hmm. and they just start like almost spaghetti on the wall, just trying to get in, get in, Mm -hmm. but not really understanding and what value will you bring? What type of deal are you looking for? Are they even interested in something like this? Um, And if you can ask those questions up front, you can reduce the number of opportunities that you might be doing at reduced or no fee um, versus, yes, I'm reducing and this is no fee or I'm doing it for free, Mm -hmm. but there is potential here and I'm clear on what that potential is. And if it doesn't work out, at least you know that you were dealing with someone where it was in the realm of what it is you're trying to do. So uh, two things, but the first one is is that I had a guest on here, George 2.0, um, a while back, and he's the DJ for Janelle Monet, uh, performance entertainer. He said that even if he does something for in-kind, he'll still invoice you. Mm-hmm. So that you understand the value of the mm-hmm. services that you got. And so it's, oh, it wasn't absolutely. free. It was the <laughs> fact that it was, you know, it was just that it, the fee was waived mm-hmm. versus it the being something for free. Absolutely. Right. And so, so that people they, have that respect for you. And they do get you. a contract that shows the original fee and mm-hmm. what's waived. And I also give a reason mm-hmm. why it was waived. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times these companies, they'll talk to each other. And I don't want anybody thinking that I'm someone who offers free services. And so when they can see the agreement, they can see the original fee, they can see that it was waived and why it was waived, then if they talk to someone else, they'll have that context that they come and talk to you as well. Yeah, and I think the other thing also, my bad, Todd, to cut you off, (laughs) is that... Uh, when you go to conferences, you know, you have people who are professional conference goers, right? And you got all of these business cards and things like that. I think it's also very important to be clear when you're going into certain conferences or you're going into places that you know, these are the people, I call it a hit list. These are the people yes. that I, that I want to connect with and, you know, offer value to so that we can then begin a, a relationship. Right. Uh, what I think I could add to the conversation is that when I was younger, coming up as, a, as an artist and a designer, uh, the, the main skill set that I had was my craft, mm-hmm. right? I, I had forged this thing, put my 10,000 hours in, you know, mm-hmm. got to a point where I knew I was professional. And so getting my feet wet, I would do whatever I had to do free. I used to, you know, hang out at st- animation studios, design studios for free, just hang out there, do whatever they wanted, because I knew the minute they needed somebody, they would, I would be right there. Yeah. Uh, as you get a little older, you become a little more strategic in it. So when you start to launch a business, you have to start thinking about what is it that I can provide? What is it that I can present that is positioned as a free value? 
value or something that shows my value to another business, but where for, from your perspective, from your footprint, it is a win-win. So an example would be, um, let's say I want to create a new product. I'm going to launch something new. It's going to be a, a, an agency to, to bring in leads for a new business, right? So new clients for a business. I can go out there and I can part, partner up with like a dentist office, right? And I'll say, look, I, I'm brand new at this. It's a new company. If you, I will bring you free traffic. All I'm looking for is your testimonial afterwards uh, to show that that this that my business works. And absolutely. you find someone that's willing to say, yeah, free traffic and free customers, absolutely. So you do that for a minute. You prove your system. But what you're really doing is you are building a pipeline for your business. Mm-hmm. And then after you've built that system, you can then go back to that person and say, well, how'd you like that, that free traffic for a month? Oh, it was fantastic. We got three or four new clients. I'll totally give you that testimonial. Great. If you'd like to continue that service, it's exactly. X, X per month. Absolutely. And if they exactly. say, well, wait, I don't understand. I thought this was free. I was like, well, no. I mean, this was obviously a free trial. Um, and you know, obviously you want to talk about this in advance and do some contracts so yeah. that you want to be upfront and honest. But this is your system that you are building. Mm-hmm. And this person is your first client. This, their, their benefit to trusting you at an early stage was that they got something free out of it. But at the same time, it's your system that you're building. So there is a, there is a no losing from your perspective. Absolutely. If this person does not want what you have to provide, you've already built it, you've already got the testimonial, and you can go to somebody else and just sell those same traffic, all those leads you're bringing into a dentist office, you just go to another dentist office and say, look, it was proven with this guy, but, uh, you know, he didn't want it, so here you go. Yeah. I think that it's important also, one thing, we call it the gospel of Todd. What is it? Amateurs build... <laughs> Yeah. How's it go? What's your famous quote, man? My, is it famous? Is it's that what famous it is? now. Yeah, well, the difference between... I don't even know it is famous. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the difference between... The big difference between amateurs and professionals, and that is that amateurs, uh, what they will do is they will make something in order to sell it. And professionals sell something first in order to make it. So, and that is true across every single industry, every single genre, every single art form. You will always find people who are pre-selling something and finding an audience for it first and then getting that first order in and then using that as the excuse to fund the business to build something. Amateurs make it because they want to make it. They have an idea for something. They put it together and then they try to find somebody to buy it and when they can't, they they just can't deal with it. They don't understand why their brilliant idea didn't work. So I wanted to piggyback and I want you to say that because I thought that it was so important when we talked about giving that trial service away to this dentist office. It's really, it's a lead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lead funnel. Yep. And so it's important that don't provide that service if it's going to be a big Uh, expense to you. So you want to operate with an MVP, that minimal viable product. I think that that's going to be, you know what I mean? That's your bread and butter until you get to a point to where the services, uh, to where you're in the black, essentially. Right. And even if you're starting off, even if you find somebody that isn't willing to pay you up front, Mm -hmm. um, again, getting something like a testimonial or referral is payment because that's going to validate future services. So I'll say something about testimonials. I've had the opportunity to give presentations across the world, right? Speeches, Australia, Japan, everywhere. And... I have been building up testimonials for years. Like on YouTube, if you go on YouTube, I have like almost 300 video testimonials from like satisfied clients and people who, you know, have seen my presentations. Not until this past like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, did I feel like those testimonials really came into play. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about years of building as a professional speaker. And I feel like I got this big contract with a corporation and they wanted me to come in and speak, et cetera, et cetera. And when I asked the lady, like, what, how did you find out about me? How did you decide on me to be a speaker? She said, oh, it was because you had all of these testimonials and it seemed like you were tried, true and proven. And I'm like, wow. You know, but to me, you know, I might have used the testimonials here and there, but it always seemed like they were not working. So I think that there is definitely value in testimonials. And I think for our listeners, if you're out there, video testimonials are more powerful than written because I can write my own written testimonials. When you see that emotion from people, 
Absolutely. think it takes you, you know what I mean, to a, to another place. Absolutely. That's how yeah. I grow my entire business. I don't yeah. advertise. I've never advertised. I don't know what it is like to pay for advertising for my business. It has always grown from testimonials. That's awesome. I, I want to stop this real quick. And I, I got to highlight Alicia because we were in SOP together, uh, which is a startup program. I'm sorry, fellowship, startup fellowship. And she's probably like one of the hardest working people that I know. Like I'm talking about, she would literally come like to our sessions were like late on Tuesday. She'd bring her daughter. Her daughter's here in the studio, princess. And Alicia would be there working hard. She's like still doing work like prior to managing her daughter. I don't know. Like moms are superheroes in my opinion. I don't know how y'all do it. Amen to that, man. But then she would leave the event. I guess her sister would come and meet her. And then she'd be like out at two or three events for her clients the same night. I'm like, dude, I'm tired. I've been up since six. I'd be like, yo, Alicia, how long have you been up? Oh, you know, I I got up at four this morning. I got up at five. What? What's happening? And then you go look on her Instagram stories the next day and she's posting because she's giving a presentation at this uh, women's event, you know, for the legacy. And I'm like, and and her daughter's with her the next day. I'm like, come on, man. So I don't know. I just have to go on that, that tangent real quick because you are a very hardworking person. Now I want to switch modes. We talked about some of the good partnerships that we've had. Can y'all tell us a bit about bad partnerships that you have went into probably more so earlier on than nowadays because we're all seasoned? And what are some of the key lessons that you've learned from them? Who wants to jump so in I'll, first? <laughs> I'll jump in first. Um, you know, I've, I've been in business over 10 years now, and it's probably been you know, four or five years since this particular incident, but I had, you know, taken a few years to build up the relationship with um, a a fairly well-known brand. And um, after a few years of doing some things together and having that no like and trust factor come into play, we did a deal around um, some product launches and things like that. And the, the deal was kind of, I am putting up the, the initial capital, the initial investment, um, because of the size of the brand. And, uh, you know, lawyers did their thing. I've got it, T's crossed, um, plans made, scripts written, production staff in place. And two days before we go into production, it all falls apart. I mean, completely falls apart. Everything from, um, what was said or wasn't said or clarity of expectations, which I thought was very clear in the contract. And not only did the deal fall apart, and not only did, obviously, I lose my financial investment, um, but the relationship fell apart. And looking back and some of the lessons that I learned from that is, you know, once the lawyers kind of did their thing, we went into implementation mode as opposed to making sure that we maintain the relationship and the open communication. And also just being aware that you have to have ways to recoup and put in some parameters if things don't go the way you want to go. So that was a hard lesson learned both financially and in terms of how you can um, salvage relationships even if the business falls apart, if in fact you want to salvage the relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel as though, um, so I ran into a similar situation um, and it, it was not traumatic, but a little bit traumatic because I had brought in one of my best friends as well. Um, we were new, Ooh, talk <laughs> we were about new it. in Ooh. business. Um, I hadn't even been established for six months at the time. Um, because I was like you and I didn't even know I was an amateur or that was a pro move at the time, but I had no proof of concept, no anything. Um, and I pitched 
to uh, a city of Miami commissioner to do a project with them for Art Basel. Um, pitched to them, told them what, what we wanted, what we were doing, and then I brought in my best friend to manage another piece of the opportunity that I just couldn't handle, bandwidth, whatever. <sighs> so we come in, we, we sign all the contracts, we take care of everything. Um, they make the initial payments just fine, no issues. They make the second payment just fine, no issues. The third and fourth payment just does not come. Oh, oh don't worry, we're coming. Oh, don't worry, we got you. Art Basel has now come and gone. Everything we said we would produce, and then some has been produced, over a million impressions. We did everything we said we would do, and that third and fourth payment's still not here. So my best friend is looking at me cross because she's invested money, time, right. energy, effort, and so I go to them and I, I explain, you know, the, the gravity of the situation, the contracts that we've signed, how much is remaining to request. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Um, and they basically just, you know, said, well, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. We're going to have to ask basically for your forgiveness because we can't fulfill the remaining oh. portion of the contract. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Woo. Okay, you got to keep you got to mm-hmm. keep going. Like, how do we rectify this? How I resolved it, and mm-hmm. we're still best friends to this day. She actually is the godmother of my daughter, um, so we I resolved it. Um, but I agreed. I went to her, and I was just honest. I'm not good at trying to fake the funk. Um, so either it is or it isn't left or right. There is no oh well, let's try and skate this middle. So I went to her and I explained to her the situation. Um, I apologized on not only my behalf but on their behalf, and then asked her would she be willing to allow me to pay. A portion, not even half, but a portion of the amount that was remaining, and then I would be willing to come on on another project with her um, at an extremely reduced amount in order to compensate for what she did not get paid because of them reneging on the contract once <laughs> the requirements had already been fulfilled. Mm. So that's how I resolved it. Okay. And what do you feel like were the biggest lessons that you learned? Uh, the biggest lessons for me is is to a take a require them to have as much skin in the game as you. If you yes. don't have as much skin in the game as I do, it's a no for me, um, especially if you already know and you have proof that I deliver. I need you to have some skin in the game, too. Um, and then if I am coming in um, with another person, um, I need it to be that they have a separate contract from me and it is not tied into me, mm-hmm. that, that their contract is specifically with them, not with me through them. Smart. Yeah, that makes Love total it. sense. Yeah, so... Uh, Really quick, the one, the story that I got, probably the the biggest one is um, uh, I had, uh, we had a startup several years ago. It was a decentralized real-time art gallery platform and uh, 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 had really good engagement, you know, had a nice viral coefficient. People were on it, sharing it Um, to this day, visually and what it did is still one of my all-time favorite things we ever did. Um, And uh, we were looking for revenue generation because just selling art pieces on there wasn't going to be enough to to, to support the business. And so through somebody I trusted, I found somebody uh, who was interested in potentially white labeling the program. And uh, again, this was through somebody I trusted who had done a deal with this person. So I knew this person was legitimate. He had a a publicly traded company. Um, And uh, long story short, 
uh, I got him to sign a contract for a li- starting at a little over half a million dollars, and I uh, got the got everything signed for me. It, like you know, that was at that point that was the biggest thing I ever did. You know what I mean? And and I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to trying to remain calm. I'm like, yeah, this is oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a <laughs> I'm gonna party tonight, you know? <laughs> and and one of the one of the terms one of the uh, terms inside the contract was that there was a down payment. Like on, on signing of the contract, I get a payment so that I can start working for you to do all the stuff that you want me to do for the service. And he was like, well, you know, I don't have it right now, but it's not not a big deal. We're just gonna move it. Uh, take a couple days. I was like, okay, that's a little weird. There's a little little yellow card, not a red flag, just yeah. like a little yellow card. And I was like, all right, cool. So uh, long story short, like week after week after week after week, four months, no payment, nothing. And meanwhile, I'm sitting on this half a million dollar contract. And I'm like, what is going on? And um, finally I had to get my attorney involved. Uh, and it turns out like this guy's got shell companies and pushing money around. The company has zero financing. It's like oh, penny wow. stocks. It's, it's awful, wow. man. Awful. And I'm just sitting there like... You know, you, sometimes even when you do the whole the right thing, you know, I mean, this person was vetted. He, yeah. I, I knew someone who he, who, yeah. who had paid him. You know what I mean? I yeah. called this guy back. He was like, "No, man, really." Like he actually did pay me for this, but he just, you know, the the investors ended up firing the, the CEO, the guy who had made the contract with me. Like, get, got rid of him. Yikes. You know, tried to tried to snake me. You know, tried to you know erase the contract, and it was a bad bad deal, man. That that yeah. still that stung for a long time long time yeah yeah i mean it could be tough you know i think it's it's important i ty we've had several conversations i almost went into a bad partnership uh doing an event uh for for create your life and we ended up having to pull out at the last minute uh and then my god brother i was having a conversation with him and he said hey man you have to protect this this brand that you've been building like it's a newborn child He was like nobody's yeah. just going to give their child away so you have to look at it like that and people have to be vetted. And one of the things that I learned from that was the fact that people don't always work with the same tenacity as you or, the, you know, just that same level of um, creativity and just a standard. I feel like you always have to have a standard whenever you're doing anything. And I, we obviously worked at, on different standards and at different mm-hmm. levels. And so it was a partnership that I was happy to uh, back out of. But there were definitely people I, I did not want to have to make that phone call or send out those emails saying, hey, you know what? This event has been postponed. And that for me mm-hmm. spoke volumes because right. I know how mm-hmm. I operate, you know, and yeah. I, like I'm, I do this for real, not for thrills. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, my goodness, I have to, you know what I mean? Basically renege on this event and postpone it. So that taught me a huge lesson. Uh, But what we're going to do is we're going to cut to a quick musical break, and then we will be back. Um, If you have any questions, Create Your Life family, call in 212-650-6903. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the -the behind-the-scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit PodcastLaundry.com for more information. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back with some amazing people. Uh, Here we have Miss Alicia Reese, we have Doreen Rainey, we have Todd Wanish, and of course, I'm here. Jumping right back in, uh, Doreen, when we were on a break, you definitely uh, said that you wanted to talk a bit about how you got your partnership with, you know, national icon Steve Harvey, and, you know, give us some of the lessons that you learned along that journey. Please, uh, bless us. (laughs) Well, you know, um, I am always 
looking to learn and grow. I am a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. and I constantly engage in um, masterminds and working with coaches to make sure that as I move my business from each level that I'm equipped and prepared and can learn from other people's experiences and insights to um, make sure my road is a little bit smoother than what it would be without the help and support. And it was inside of one of these masterminds that as I implemented the things that I learned and as I continue to grow the business and grow the bottom line, um, Steve at this time was looking to um, grow his motivational platform. And those of you who are listening may be familiar with um, Lisa Nichols, who is um, a motivational speaker and um, an entrepreneur coach. And she and Steve had been working together to kind of flesh out what this business could look like. And when they decided to move forward, um, he was looking for someone who could run this business for him. And my name came up in Lisa's mind Mm -hmm. because she had seen the work that I had done. Mm -hmm. She had saw how I ran my company, the front end, the back end, the marketing, the client fulfillment, and how, um, how filled with integrity and how consistent I'd been. And so based on that recommendation, um, he bought me in to run this company for him. And so I'm always telling people that you never know who's watching. And so you always have to bring your A game. Sometimes I see people bring their A game when they think they can get something out of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if you just always on your A game, building Mm -hmm. your own business, working with your own products, developing your own services, honing in on your craft, being the CEO of your company, making money, getting in the black, staying in the black, you never know who's watching. Because when it came time for him to look for someone to run this company, I was the name that popped in her mind even though she knows a ton of people. Um, And so those are some lessons I got out of um, coming to work for him. And it's been an incredible experience. He's an amazing man, and he is inspiring and motivating, and it's a joy to work with him. And you said something that I really, really love. Um, You said, always bring your A game. I got it from my mentor, so it's not my quote, but I use it like it's mine. (laughs) Um, there's, (laughs) There's always a seat at the table for excellence. If you can understand that every single time you step into a room, into a project and you're working on something, you are always, always excellent because excellence is undeniable. Whether they like you, don't like you, it is absolutely undeniable. So if you can get to the point to where all you produce is excellence, you'll have people talking about you who you never even knew knew your name. I think what's, right. I think what's also interesting about that is, is the idea behind uh, bringing excellence. The idea behind bringing your A-game is not necessarily about showing off, Mm-mm. right? It's about understanding and proving the benefits to the other person, right? It's always about the other person. It's always about um, understanding what value you can bring Mm -hmm. and understanding uh, that your responsibility is to create some type of irresistible offer for that other person. If that person are sitting across from the table with you or uh, in, in some business that you're working with, if they're focused on money, Right? If that's their key driver, then you have to understand uh, that you must bring something to the table that makes their investment smaller. Yeah. You have to bring something to the table. The value you create mm-hmm. must be bigger than whatever they feel like they're willing to, to lose. Same thing mm-hmm. with time. If time is their number one thing, you, whatever you bring to the, the, the table, whatever offer you bring must make time that they spend working with you less 
yep. than the value that you bring. And that's yep. really the secret to the entire game. That, that's the Absolutely. whole secret because once you do that, they are willing to make a trade. Absolutely. And this happens yeah. on, on a subconscious level. It isn't something that just happens consciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like you're saying like, what can I trade with you today? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? it's, it's really about understanding that you are there to provide for that person and provide enough value and get that person to wherever they want to be or closer to their outcome, whatever their desired outcome is. Absolutely. And in exchange, that reciprocity that comes back to you is the benefit of your excellence. Yeah. That is how excellence is proven and shown. Uh, and, and that's what drives, you know, A-list players, the yeah. A-game players. Well, yeah, I, I think goes, simply put is just you solve their problem. If you can solve mm-hmm. a f- person's problem, the relationship mm-hmm. will continue to last and, and be fruitful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what you were saying, Todd, um, about pros, how they sell it first and then build it. That goes back to Mm -hmm. finding out, okay, what is it that you really ultimately want? Mm -hmm. If I can figure out what you ultimately want, then I can decide, okay, yes, this is something that I am able to provide you at a level that is nothing but excellent because I know now exactly what you're looking for. You want more time? Great. The reason I'm bringing you this product is because this will save you 20% per week on how much time you spend doing X, Y, Z. Yes, quantify. Thank you. Quantify. Let's go, Leash. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I want to switch modes and kind of take it, you know, to more of a personal level. Um, What are some things that you look for when you decide, when you're deciding, like you meet somebody, they seem like an amazing person and you're like, you know what? They can be a part of my inner circle. They cannot be a part of my inner circle, et cetera. Like how do you, what are some of the ways that you all discern that? Um, Well, I think. Go ahead. No, so for me, it's it's a matter of is a how you treat other people, how comfortable you are talking to me about people who I don't even know, but who you're connected with. Um, That's number one. And number two, for me, energy is everything because I've spent so much time getting to know who I am at this Mm -hmm. point that I am so in tune with who Alicia is, what works for Alicia, what does not work for Alicia, that I can instantly almost feel whether or not the energy of a person will will mesh well with me or those who I'm in constant, you know, interaction with. And then I judge and base whether or not they can be, they continue to be close to me based on that. And then I pay attention to actions. Actions to me is everything. Leash, you said something. You said how comfortable someone is talking about people that they know that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I feel like sometimes people can talk positively, people can talk negatively. Like, what has your experience been with that and how, you sure. know what I mean, do you judge that? Sure. So I was the director of PR for um, this huge music festival in Miami earlier this year. Um, mm-hmm. Anita Baker, Smokey Robinson, um, a number of major heavy hitters, Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. And so while there, because I am super mellow, I am, it takes a lot to rile me up. So I'm super mellow, so it makes it very, very comfortable for people to talk to me. Um, There was a young lady there who I was working with on the project. Um, And while working with her on the project, she had an issue with one of the other women there. She didn't know that the person was actually my sister. Oh. Because my sister and I look nothing alike. Mm. No one will know she's my sister because we have different last names and we look absolutely nothing alike. So she comes to me and she's just blasting off with all the things she hates, all the things she's upset about and everything else. And I just listened because mm-hmm. that is my job. I'm supposed to just listen. She wanted to forge a relationship and a business partnership with me. But what she taught me in that moment is, is I can't trust you around my clients because when you get upset, 
at an event, because we're in the middle of the event. I think Shaka Khan was on stage blasting her tunes. We're in the <laughs> middle of the event. And you are coming to me to talk to me about someone who we are working together with. You are not someone who can be in my close proximity because you will frustrate my spirit and I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would yeah. say... And oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I would say, um, I think energy is so key. I definitely agree with that. And um, the other piece is, you know, we live in an information age right now. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking to build relationships, you can find out some things about that person, what their um, focus is of their business, what their mission is, what they tend to gravitate to. And so I look for people who also have an understanding of the things that are important to me when it comes to business, when it comes to um, any deals that we may have going on. And they see themselves making a contribution, and they're able to express what that contribution looks like. Um, And so when someone says, oh, I'd really love to work with you, I'd really like to get involved, you should be able to tell me what you think that looks like. Give Mm -hmm. us something to build on. Um, as opposed to me trying to find a place for you to fit in because I've got a lot of things going on and it makes it easier for the person that you're looking to partner with if you can kind of lay out a couple of options of how you can add value. Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, that's dead on. And, and just to add a little bit to the whole energy part of the conversation, um, over the years I've developed sort of a three-step mechanism for myself. Uh, that I think ties in to energy. And, and the first is uh, I look at any situation, I say, can I provide value? Because um, I enjoy that and that's my job, right? Yeah. Uh, the, second, the second step is do I enjoy it, right? If, if I can provide value but I'm not enjoying it, then it's forget it. It's it. not going to work. It, it, this, is gonna, this is not going to work. The third is reciprocity. If, if I can provide value in this relationship and I'm in really enjoying it, but over time... Uh, that reciprocity that I don't get that back somehow. And it doesn't have to be direct. It's not like, hey, I did this. You got to do that. It's, it's not something conscious. It's just over a period of time. I mean, so in my business, I work primarily with, um, with really fiercely independent entrepreneurs who are dead set on high ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever business they have, they have decided that they want they need a product that sells over 2000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with people. It's always going to be a partnership. Right. It's a very one to one thing. And if I go into it, I'm like, man, this person is really awesome. I really think I can provide value. I can help. And then I'm working with that person. And then it's really enjoyable over a period of time. If they stop listening to me. Right. And it doesn't have to be, you know, nobody has to listen to me 100 percent. Right. Everyone's human. Uh, Everyone's got to make their own decisions. It's not it's not so cut and dry. But if over a period of like six to eight months, if I'm working with somebody and they're continually like dropping my experience, right? Because yeah. I know what I'm good at, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not a rocket scientist. There are a few things I'm really, really good at. If you choose not to, to listen to that, that, my perspective, great. But over a period of time, I, I am able to provide less value and therefore I enjoy it less and therefore that relationship falls apart. I saw this meme on social media that I thought was funny. A person like that is called an ask hole. <laughs> A-S-K-H-O-L-E They ask but they don't implement the knowledge Or you know what I mean The, the jewels that are being dropped on them Or so, they do something exactly the, the opposite of what you yes. tell them I'm like what are you doing yeah, That's <laughs> an asshole Yeah like Boy. why did you waste my time yeah. My life See, This is life that people waste When they yeah. don't listen to you and they want to sit in front of you and just talk You're and wasting my up. life I exactly. can't get that time 
Well, you, it makes you. It also makes you kind of, as a professional, as someone who's who's in your own business, you it puts you in a position where you almost have to run away because if you represent a client and they're making bad decision after bad decision, and you know this is going to destroy them or their business or their employees, then then you know you don't want other people to assume that you gave this person this advice. Exactly. You can only tell somebody like <laughs> you can only say right. what the hell are you doing so many times before you have to like jump away and be like, yeah. okay, well this is a relationship. Like I'm not. I am no longer able to help. Yeah. God bless. Flag on the yeah, play, I'm out. You're guilty right. by association and, and amazing by association. <laughs> That's right. right? That's so right. you got to yeah. keep that in mind. The company you keep. You got to, I'm good, love, enjoy them. Speaking of company that you keep, if we take it back to the core, right, you have people who you've known for a long time. How do you deal with people who still see you as you were before versus who you've grown into? Oh, yeah. <laughs> who wants to take that one first? <laughs> Um, so, uh, for me, my background, so I, uh, had an abusive marriage and another abusive relationship before that. So I used to choose abusive men, like, you know, children choose candy. It was fun for me because I thought I could quote unquote fix them. Um, so during that time, I, there were just really terrible things like about my personality that I didn't like that just were not conducive for growth or success or anything like that. So when I started to change, that means I change who I'm around. That changes how I respond, how I act. All of that changed. Um, so there were friends who were from back then who knew me from, quote unquote, before mm-hmm. the transformation. Um, and they would sometimes trigger me intentionally to see how I would respond. And again, super mellow, but the Hennessy part of me really does exist. Um, <laughs> and I would help them understand, hey, this I no longer do. If you can't vibe with who I am at this point in the game, that's totally fine. I will love you from ever, but I will I will love you for forever, but I will love you from over there. That's right. Period. Mm-hmm. Doreen? Yeah, and um, I would say that as I evolved both, you know, personally through personal growth and, you know, building up more confidence and being more assertive and being more comfortable in my own skin as well as my business began to grow, you become a mirror for other people. Mm -hmm. And they'll either look at that and say, wow, I'm inspired, you know, I'm celebrating you, Um, I'm excited for you on this journey, Or they'll look in that mirror and they'll get resentful or they'll think you're changing or you're being something that, um, you know, that doesn't resonate anymore. And just like Alicia said, I can love you from afar. Mm -hmm. And many of those relationships just kind of fell away because it's hard for darkness to be around light. That's right. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, they tend to to fall off more than be confrontational. And so many of those relationships just kind of shifted and changed over time. And I also began to add in new relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I began to reach out and connect more with other people who were wanting to take a similar journey or who were optimistic or who were focused on being their best selves, who wasn't into gossiping or excuses or being pessimistic. And so a combination of those two things the circle that I was in just evolved and, mm-hmm. um, and I was able to connect with those who were more aligned with where I was headed. Okay. Yeah. And I think, um, the concept of mirroring is something that I've learned to do over the years as well. And especially as a parent, right? especially as a parent for sure. But, um, 
you know, I, I still have some, some very close friends that I grew up with that are back home in Florida and, and, you know, I've just known them for my whole life. You know, you just, there's certain people in your life that you've known since you were like two or five or 15 or 20, like you're, you're going to know them forever. Right. But when we get together, you know, if, if any, and I learned this over a period of years, if I started saying, Hey, how you doing? What, how, how you doing? How's the business going? And I actually told them like, they would not, not only would they not be able to relate to it when I would offer advice, they'd be like, Oh, there goes Todd again. Yeah. He's talking about email. Like I don't check my email. So ain't no, nobody else checks their, you know, just, they would yeah. just blow it off. And it was because they didn't see me as who I am. They see me as who I was, right. Mm-hmm. They see me as that kid or they see me as that teenager. So I, you, I had that choice of like, well, do I drop them? Well, no, because okay. I care about them so much. So when I get together with them, and I still talk to the, these, you know, a lot of these guys um, all the time, uh, I just mirror them. I mirror them. I just talk about, I know what they're going to want to talk about, and I just talk about that, and I can relate to them on their level, right? And that's part of being a good salesman anyway. So I talk to them on their level, and there's things that I care about too, right? Yeah. It's just that they ask me about business. I say, that's good. Anyway, we get back to the conversation. And then there's a whole n- another section of, of really good friends that I had um, just over the course of years, and, and very similar to what you what both of you guys kind of mentioned. You know, I just felt that either they weren't going to be coming with me on my journey, they weren't going to support me on my journey, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are friends, but they're like, "Yeah, you're not going to do nothing," right? And I just, and I just, <laughs> right. I, just Uncovered, I ghosted, ghosted. Yeah. You know, I just, it was like, you know what? Uh, friendship is a two-way street. You know, yeah. you can, you know, not that we're enemies. Like I still, you know, hit them on Facebook. I'm like, how you doing? Yeah, it's great. Congratulations on the birth of your second kid. You know, but at the same time, like there's not much to talk about. And if we see each other in person, then I go back to that mirroring. And, and it's like, we, we started our, we, we start the conversation almost like just where we left off and we have a great time. So what I'll say is this for me, I guess I've been having a different type of experience for me. I can only take that mirroring Personal. and yeah, I can only take it in doses. Yeah. Cause That's after a while I'm kind of like, you know what? Now I'm, um, I'm depleted. Right. Well, I'm depleted and I'm also rescinding. Right. Right. Cause I'm going backwards right. at this point. And for me, a lot of that would mean that I would be in certain environments that this version of Kevin should not be in. And so I, I look at it completely different. And what I've been having is an ex- I've been ha- actually having this experience. It's actually a personal selfish question. This one, <laughs> this one, and the next one are like super selfish because these are things that I've been learning and have been having to deal with. And now I'm just kind of like, you know, based upon conversation. You know, if I hear somebody start talking about love and hip hop or something like that, man, I'm going other way. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into that. You know what I mean? I think that some people watch that for entertainment, but I can go back to 151 Kipper Street and not, yeah. you know, can see you know love and hip hop anytime I want to. Um, and so I just think that you have to be conscious of that energy and being around that at the same time. Um, I think that there are levels to conversations. Like I believe that a lot of times, like even here on the, in this roundtable, we're having a higher level conversation, and there are some conversations that won't necessarily be beneficial to you, but might be beneficial to someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those. But if they're an asshole, then <laughs> you know we're not we're not rolling with that. <laughs> I just you gotta push people, and I just like I said, mentally push them into a relationship status. Like for me, mm-hmm. like when I talk to my my friends back in the day, no matter where they are, mm-hmm. if they're not like here, like if they're not entrepreneurs and not my right, network right, right. where I am now, I just pretend. Like I'm talking to a cousin mm. or a brother or a sister or an yeah. uncle, right? Like somebody in my family, because you can, you always can be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. did you see that? Yeah, it was great. All right, talk to you later. Bye. And then you're back to your life. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I treat them. And, and it's also made our, I think our relationships better because they have honestly, they're not friends. They're family. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and because I am able to put them in that family bucket, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't matter what they do in their life. 
Do you know what I mean? If Absolutely. Because some people are going to be just like you and going to be that entrepreneur and you're going to, everyone's going to have hard. businesses. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're going to go left and you're going to go right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to stop that business and go back to work, do whatever. Yeah. And people's lives change all the time. So instead of like bringing people in and dropping people off, mm-hmm. um, some people you just know you're going to know for a long time. You know what? I want to bring a, a point of clarity. I think what I'm talking about more so is around energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. And okay. so when I'm, when I'm thinking right. about that, it's the type of energy that comes with certain types of conversations. For like sure. a good person mm-hmm. is a good person regardless. Right. Right. You know, this is good people. And sometimes, you know, you and good people, we're sitting here, man, we're talking about Iron Man and Transformers. <laughs> you know, it, it's, right. it's fine. Or, you know, being an equestrian or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you growing up at, you know, in another country and some of your travel experience is great. We don't have to talk entrepreneurship. But the moment when that energy becomes uh, negative yeah, or I'm it's done. not like mm-hmm. you feel it in your done. spirit, you know what I mean? Being yeah. in tune. Yeah. Alicia, you talked about doing that personal work and getting to know yourself so easily. You know, earlier, I think that that's at the point where you have to be very clear and then also pay attention to how you feel when you're around certain people. Mm-hmm. I think that that makes a, a huge difference. All right. Last question. We only got like a couple more minutes. Um, how do you deal with the undercover hate or jealousy? Go. <laughs> you got like 30 seconds. Everybody got like 30 seconds. Oh man, I just ignore it and move on. If you're not being yeah, if, that's if, bad. If, don't deal. Yeah, if you if you know what, what's that old saying? If you don't have haters, you're not doing anything. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, to be honest, I don't even know if they exist. It in my universe, it's not a focus. I'm pretty sure they do exist, but for me, it is completely irrelevant. You, I'm busy. I have a mm-hmm. whole human that I'm trying to raise to be Baby an amazing human. person. <laughs> that's right. I'm trying to find some symbolism of a life. I'm trying to not trying. I'm running a business and also dealing with family and friends and everything else. So if the haters exist, I guess, well, I hope they happy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's perfect. Okay. Right. I totally agree. I have a full life. And so the energy, the time, the effort it takes to look at that or address that, if they even exist, mm-hmm. um, I, just, I just don't have it. And so, um, and I also believe that that energy that we've been talking about, to maintain that at a high level, you have to be able to kind of block that out if they're there and let them do whatever it is they're going to do while you keep it moving. Okay. All right. So last thing, one tip that you would tell somebody looking to go into a partnership, whether it be a company that they're at the same level or they're aspiring to get with a bigger company. Go. Uh, Relationship, relationship, relationship. Get to know somebody first. Okay. Uh, For me, in a world full of liabilities, you've got to figure out how you can be the asset. Mm. Yes. And I would say be prepared. Every time I get approached, um, nine times out of ten, and I'm being really serious about that, um, nine times out of ten, when I ask them to send me something, like show me something, it doesn't have to be a full business plan, but what are you doing, what have you done, what do the numbers look like, they're not prepared. Mm-hmm. They're not prepared. And what I would say is persevere. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, you know, stick to the script. If, if, if you want it, go get it. Otherwise, don't talk about it. Period. Shut up. I don't care. <laughs> You know, and, you know, when it comes to the different deals and how we've been able to grow the show and things like that, it's all been perseverance, sending those emails, calling people seven days a week, five days a week. Probably shouldn't have been doing a seven. You know what I mean? In order to get there and make that happen. So it's so important for us to uh, stick with it no matter how hard it gets. You know, I recently just posted a post on Instagram, you know, just being fully transparent, you know, about my journey and how important persistence and, and perseverance has been for me. It's literally... I feel like what 80, 80, 90% of people won't show up, 
for the task and won't show up for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's super important for you to be able to uh, to do so. And with that being said, everyone, tell us how we can stay in contact with you. Sure. I am. I, Todd is available at uh, cleverera.com. That's C-L-E-V-E-R-E-R-A.com. It's a little, little modal, little pop-up window. Just put your email and address in there and we'll stay in touch. Uh, for me, you can easily find me at com A-L-E-C-H-I-A, last name Reese, R-E-E-S-E, and on all social networks. Okay. And you can find me at DoreenRainey.com, D-O-R-E-E-N-R-A-I-N-E-Y. And in addition to the work that I do with Steve, I'm also known as the Radical Success Coach. And we're actually in the midst of a free six-week series on creating powerful success and the stages of success. And so if anyone wants to jump in, it's not too late to grab a spot. And you can sign up for that absolutely free at DoreenRainey.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, Create Your Life family, y'all know where y'all can catch me right here next week, every week (laughs) for the show, but also on all social media handles at Kevin Y. Brown. So it's been amazing. Thank you all for being here, being a guest on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And so Create Your Life family, we'll catch you next week. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 Create your life.